Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This episode of the Self Love Club is brought to you by Sugar Baby Beauty. Clean, kind, and vegan using the best ingredients for your skin and the planet. Oh, hey, welcome to the Self Love Club, the podcast dedicated to chatting about stuff that matters, real talk and lols. I'm your host, Belle Crawford, and this week we're joined by Tully Smythe. OG listeners will remember Tully. We've had her on way back in December 2018. Tully is an Australian reality TV star and eight years on from her season of Big Brother has held her own with an audience of over 200,000 on Instagram as a content creator, writer and now podcast host. We chat about dating and the apps, breakups and breakup shame, doing the work, false starts and those moments where you wonder if it's ever going to be your turn. A couple of gals having plenty of lols and relatable chats I really wanted to have with my pal Tully on the Self Love Club. You can watch clips of our chat. Just make sure you follow at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. Right, let's get into it. Enjoy. So exciting to have you back on. Honestly, we haven't had like this. We did this ages ago. And this was like, I know. Before I even had a podcast. I know. Where was it? Was it? Like 2018. And we did it in the Fox FM studio. 2018. That was a bad year for me. What kind of mental state was I in? I can't even remember. Probably not a great one. No, you were right. Okay, oh, you're know. lying. You're so lying. No, you were you were all good, mate. I don't know. It was, it nah, was I remember us. We went and had a drink at um pontoon. Oh, that was a different years. time. That was like another year. That was like 2019. That was the second time I met you. And we'll so what you're saying is every time we hang out, I end up crying. That's I don't not remember a good you crying. At- we were both kind of just lamenting about the guys we were trying to see at the oh, time yeah. or being little shit. Tully, welcome back to the Self Love Club. How are you doing? Oh my goodness, it's so cool to have you on. Hello, it's nice to see your face. I feel like we chat quite often via Instagram DMs, but yeah. to see your face um, is an absolute delight. I'm good, oh, mate. I'm good. I've got myself a little G&T here. I mean, it's 4.25 p.m. over here, so that's all right, right? That's okay yeah. to be drinking. It's five o'clock somewhere, as they always say. Exactly. Is it yeah. five o'clock there where you are? Uh, it's after are six. You- We're two hours ahead of you, yeah. See, so I'm drinking on your time. Yeah, so what's new? I mean, people who have listened for a while will remember having you on and I know a lot of people love you, but what's the latest with Tully? Goodness, um, there's not a whole lot happening, to be honest. I'm in a good place mentally. I had a pretty um, horrendous summer. Uh, just when you think that we'd be able to sort of live our lives and go out and about and everything would be back to normal. Um, I had a really crappy time. So I kicked off at Christmas. So I tried to go home for Christmas to my family and then there was a outbreak in the Melbourne beaches. So I think I was there for 72 hours before I was sent back home to Melbourne. I have PTSD from last year and I, the thought of possibly getting stuck in lockdown in Sydney or having to come back here and do hotel quarantine, I just was having none of it. So I was like, nap, 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 get me home. So I spent Christmas away from my family, which sucked. But at the time, there was a silver lining in that I had a boyfriend for the first time in like eight years. So I was super happy, super loved up. Uh, everything was coming up Mealhouse. 
And then I was dumped at a New Year's Eve party, which really sucked. Like really oh. sucked. I've I've never taken rejection very well. It's been one of it's one of my anxiety triggers because it triggers my abandonment issues. So I never take rejection well, but just to think that it was my chance and my turn to be happy. And all my friends and family were so happy for me because it had been so long since I'd met someone I really cared about. And yeah, it was a total blindside. That floored me for a bit. That took me a little bit to recover from. And then I did FebFast for February, which I still can't believe I managed to do. No <laughs> one thought I could do it. The more everyone rolled their eyes at me and, and said that I, that I couldn't do it, the more determined I was to complete it. So, and that I think really helped. That helped so much in terms of mending my little heart, getting me in a better place yeah. mentally. Cause I was just self-medicating. I was drinking way too much, writing myself off, you know, staying out till 4am doing God knows what. That was sort of a two pronged um, attack on my life. Yeah. It kind of straightened me up a bit, healed my little heart. And since then, I've been working on the podcast. If you read the papers, apparently I'm doing three different reality TV shows this year. <laughs> so, you know, maybe I am more busy than I'm letting on. Apparently I'm doing uh, Big Brother VIP, Celebrity Maths, and I'm the new Bachelorette. So I, yeah, definitely you're not doing maths. We're not, we're not letting you do maths. You're not going near that. I mean, if mm. I could possibly get matched with like a cute tennis player or like celebrity chef or something I'd be down yeah but just the people that go on that show are the worst humans like they're so mean and horrible no you're not going on there but the bachelorette that would be fun you should do oh, that I would pay them to pe- have me on like if like, I would please pay them help me yeah, seriously <laughs> I'm like I'll pay you to pick me as a bachelorette I would me. love to do that <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. I'll, I'll bring my I'll bring my own hair and makeup artist I'll supply my own <laughs> wardrobe I bring my own guys if you want. I'll just access my hinge and just pick 20 guys from my hinge account and just oh. bring my own guys in. Speaking of hinge, I haven't I'm I have a bit of a love-hate with dating apps, but hinge actually is pretty good. Like you can have proper conversations with people. They seem at first they seemed really polite and nice, not like you know, some other apps that are a bit yucky. Um, but you know, and you get to know a bit more about their personality. So yeah, hinge is good. I'm not on Raya like you. I'm not as famous as you. So if I anyone wants a Raya to know, referral, babe. Well, you should refer me. I wonder if anyone, I just want to see who's on Raya in New Zealand. Cause that is it international or is it just for your country? Yeah, no, it's international. So you, um, you have like a little map functionality where it will show you who's on Raya around your area. So like if yeah. you're in the CBD and you're having a drink, you can hop on the map and sort of see, oh, are there any like, I mean, they're not even, it's Australia, right? So our celebrities yeah. aren't really celebrities. Like you've got some AFL players there, a chick from yeah. heaven away. Do you know what I mean? Me, like yeah. if I'm on there, you know, like can't be that great. In LA, you're like actually looking at celebrities, but there's also a functionality, like the normal sort of in feed, I guess, like matchmaking functionality that all the other apps have that part of the app isn't geo-targeted you'll get a guy from south africa you'll get a guy from london and you know a guy from la so you can see who's there in new zealand but you can also get access to the international stars but if you don't like the app you have my number don't you i think you have my number if you don't download the app you can use me my number as a referral and i'll help you get through I'm just curious to see what's on there, you know, like, like oh, for sure. Uh, you know, I've been on plenty of dates with the rare guys and it, they're always interesting. It's they're definitely more interesting than, you know, your Joe Blow. Hmm. But then the bar gets raised stupidly high and you start to think that, oh, why aren't you an entrepreneur with your own yacht? And it's like, maybe they're a much nicer guy, Tully. But no, I like <laughs> Hinge. I'm, I agree with you. I think Hinge is the best of all the apps because yeah, a lot, most of them, in fact, all of them, Bumble, t- Tinder, Raya even, 
they're all very appearance based. Um, it's all much, very much about the photos and how someone looks. Whereas Hinge, which is why some of my friends don't like it, they force you to answer three. I like it. Me too, because you get a snapshot of someone's face, but then also their personality, a sense of humor, yeah. you know, their spelling and grammar, you know, as yeah. well, which is such a, a big thing for me. Yeah, it's actually made me write stuff. I'm like, when I have dabbled in them, which isn't that often, like, I don't usually write much for my bio, which I don't think is a very good thing. I sometimes don't write anything and that's terrible. But then on that, it's forced me to know it's more fun. Like, I don't know. All right. So read me yours. What are your, what does yours say? My this little interesting. Quick. For those who are listening that don't have Hinge or maybe are in long-term relationships, firstly, congratulations. How'd you do it? Secondly, <laughs> um, basically there are a bunch of like options to choose from. It's like yeah. never ending options to choose from. So you'll see people answering the same question that you have, but obviously you try and do it in your own unique and different way. Yeah. My best one I reckon out of them is true truths and a lie. Coolio once called me his homegirl. I've hugged a giraffe, which reminds me of the time I hugged a duck and it bit me. Devo! Of course you said. That's a lot of information. Okay, where's the lie? Are those two truths? It has to be three things. Yeah, there's, there was, sorry, there was being um, hugging a duck and it bit me. So there's like, oh. yeah. So the, the But also, wait, was, which is the lie? That I've hugged a giraffe because I haven't hugged a giraffe, but I've been bitten by a duck and Coolio did call me his homegirl. Okay, now when people match with you, what question do they interact with the most? Because that's the that one you one. know is, is the best. Oh, really? Do they guess then, the right? Do they guess the right lie? Some, this guy who messaged me, Marcel, today goes, "I'm really hoping the one of your truths was the Coolio one." It's funny, hey, like not to be all superficial, but a guy won't be as a you know like attractive as you think. But then when they write something cool, you're like, "Oh, I'll match with you because you seem quite cool," you know. As you get older, I've definitely found myself going for the less sort of pretty boys that I used to go for. Oh. And, I'm, you know, if you're, if you have a nice photo, you know, with your, your family or your niece yeah. or your nephew, or if you've, yeah, as you said, written something quite funny or charming or witty, I'd much rather swipe right to that than a um, supermodel. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, I can tell as well. I think as you get older, you learn, like I can look at someone and be like, nah, mate, you're going to ruin my life. You are not matching. We're oh, not for matching. sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I definitely swipe right to those guys still. Definitely still <laughs> swipe right to those guys. I <laughs> don't learn my lesson. Talk us through that. Like I know that, you know, we talk about sometimes the spark and like the exciting guy, but like, come on, like I've gotten past the, the F boy, the fuck boy stage. Like, well, yeah, still get a few emotionally unavailable ones, which I'm still, I'm working on in therapy about why I picked those ones. I really don't get it. Like, I just don't understand. But like, why? Well, that's interesting because I wouldn't say you have a, an anxious attachment style either. I'd say you would be secure. No, I, am, I am anxious, but I. Oh, well, that's um, why you're attracting the avoidance. That's precisely. Yeah, no, what do you mean? That's textbook. Why you're attracting those guys? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I get that, and they've explained that to me. But I don't like. You know how they? What is it in you that's making that happen? And I'm like, so like, you're sure boring? you're anxious. Yeah, no, I've done the I've done the test. Although it's interesting because my attachment to my parents it's, it's secure, but then when it comes to relationships, it's anxious. So I don't, I don't know. I've got anxiety. And I know, but they're not related. They're two separate things. Having yeah. anxiety doesn't necessarily make you an anxious attachment type. Yeah, it's really interesting because I, I find you like you know all the advice and times we've spoken about 
this kind of stuff. You've always been a lot more secure in yourself, a lot more confident. Like you're the one giving me the pep talks. Yeah. So I, think I find that interesting. I get triggered. It's like with you. And I, that's why I relate with you a lot is I get triggered by like dating stuff and relationship stuff. And that's when I'll get anxious. And the worst patches of anxiety I've had in my life have been triggered by like relationship or dating stuff or dating avoidance, really. It's interesting though, because my last relationship was with an avoidant, but I, I'm anxious, right? But I was the secure one with him and I was calming him down. Like I do, I calm people down and like, it's all good, which I think comes, I know that they're different to having anxiety, but I feel like when you have anxiety, a lot of stuff, you know what I mean? Like you're actually kind of calm about a lot of things because you've got anxiety about a lot of other things. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I found that with lockdown, like a few of my really anxious friends, we all found that we would, everyone kept checking in on us, but are you guys okay? I'm like, I'm actually fine. Like I was yeah. way better. My anxiety was non-existent during lockdown. Yeah. I think because when you catastrophize every, every day, when something like that happens, you're like, well, yeah, I thought so. I thought it was going to happen. Like I thought the world was going to end. <laughs> Could have told you this. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm not surprised that this is what's yeah. happening. That's okay. And I think that, you know, especially with lockdown, having that sort of the FOMO be um, taken away from you and suddenly, you know, you weren't worried about missing out and you weren't worried about, you know, you just like, well, we're all stuck at home. So with the spark, back to your spark question, it's, it's tricky. It's so tricky because as we know, if you do the work, which you and I both do, anxious attachment type people often mistake. They think the spark is a spark and fireworks and butterflies when really it's just their attachment style being activated. We think it's butterflies and fairies and fireworks, but really we're just being put into fight or flight mode and we're just running off adrenaline. Mm. And I think what's really tricky is when you've been doing that for so long and repeating that behavior before you did the work, it's really hard to untrain your brain to look for that. You know, like I'll go on a date with the nicest guy and if I'm not like obsessed with them as I'm leaving, I'm like, nah, won't see you again. And it's like, hang on. If you gave that person, I don't know if you've read um, Modern Romance by Aziz Ansari. It's a great book. If you haven't read it, you should definitely read it. Yeah. He's obviously um, the comedian, American comedian. It's very funny because he's a comedian, but also it's a study into dating in, you know, the modern day. And he did this experiment where, you know, he was finding that, especially these days with all the different apps, we literally have, you know, hundreds of thousands of different options in our pocket at all times. I could hop on Hinge right now and try and match with someone and talk to someone. And by the time we finished this podcast, someone would have responded to me. I get a date for myself right now if I wanted to. Anyway, he was like, he went on this date and when he left, you know, he was running notes and stuff for his book. And he was like, you know, I'd give it like a four out of 10. Like she was lovely, nothing to complain about, nothing to pick apart, but just like, eh. And he was like, usually I wouldn't see her again. But he's like, you know, I'm doing this book. I'm doing this research. I want to see what happens. So he gave her another date. And after that date, he liked her a 7 out of 10. He was like, no, there's way more about her that I didn't like. He gave her another date and he liked her 9 out of 10. And they ended up dating, actually being boyfriend, girlfriend. And it just goes to show that like, Mm. we just don't really, I feel like our generation just don't really give people enough time. We don't really give people a chance. I'm looking for like this fix, this hit. If I don't get it in that first day, I just go, nah, you're not for me. And it's like, well, actually maybe they are for you. You just didn't give them enough of your time. Yeah. And that's why a slow burn, I've learned this through therapy, a slow burn is actually a good thing. Like hard and fast is not good. You might think that, but it's not because it's not necessarily sustainable. Yeah. But then you have the added pressure, especially, you know, I'm 30, I'm 34 this year. I don't have time for a slow burn. (laughs) No, I completely, I know what you mean. But what I mean is like them being all intense in the beginning. You're right though. When you're in your thirties, like I have been chatting to a guy and he literally pretty soon asked me if I want to have kids. And I'm like, yeah, I want to have kids. Like, cause you're right. We don't want to muck around. Mm -hmm. We are like getting older and you know, while there's options and everything, 
you're right. Like we shouldn't have to muck around. But then I totally know what you mean though. I get it. My friends think it's really intense that I've got in my hinge profile. You know, there's a spot where you can say whether you have kids don't have kids or want kids. Mine says blatantly want, wants kids. And a lot of my friends are like, oh, Tully, is that, oh, that's really intense. I'm like, no, because no. I'm not going to, I'm not here to fuck spiders. Yeah. Like if you don't want kids, I don't want to even be talking to you. I don't want to fall madly in love with someone that doesn't want kids because that's such a huge yeah. part of what I want, a huge part of, you know, what I want for myself for the future. And I think that bare minimum when you're meeting someone, you want to have shared morals and, and wants for the future. And I was like, you know what, if that's too much, that's too much, then I'm too much and my podcast is too much Tully. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think that's too much. I think you're right because I find the same. You don't want to waste any more time. It's like, you know, the guys we were dating last year, that was great and everything. We gave it our shot, but it's like, fuck mate, I don't want to do that for another year. I don't want to go through another situation like that and have my time wasted again. You no. know, And that's the thing with me that I battle with even, I mean, I, you get busy and everything, but I, I'm like, what's the point? Like, not that I don't want to, I do, you know, like it's just, you don't almost like want to, don't want to sacrifice your happiness or peace and someone I think the main thing is when someone wastes my time that really fucks me off it's a really hard tightrope walk between like I'm in this at the moment where I met a guy after being single for mainly for eight I mean I definitely was dating guys I don't want to be like I've been alone for eight years I was seeing guys quite seriously you know what I mean Yeah, yeah you know half the stories but this is the first, this is my first like boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, like Maddie's parents, quite serious. And then that completely ruined me when that didn't work. And I just, it felt like I didn't, it wasn't given a fair shot. You know, he, he ended it abruptly at a party. We were, we didn't discuss anything. I didn't have a say in it. It was just really awful. And then I was, you know, beside myself, heartbroken, devastated. And then I, you know, found my mojo again and got back into the dating apps and was quite excited to meet someone. I thought, you know, oh my God, you know, my person's still out there. And then I was sort of dating quite heavily. And then I had a few disappointing dates, a few guys only wanting one thing. And now I'm back to being like, nah, I can't even, I don't even want to open the app at the moment. It's mm-hmm. this tightrope between like, you don't want to waste your time, but if you don't put yourself out there, then you're never going to meet anybody. How do you put yourself out there whilst like, fuck. Like, I know that's the, that's where I'm at. Yeah. It's like at the moment, I don't really feel like, I don't know. I've had my kind of my confidence shaken a bit by some shitty dates and the thought of going to meet a strange man at a bar. I just, I'm not in the headspace for it at the moment, and that's but I'm okay. still, yeah, I know, but I'm still, you know, I still am on the app. Some people are still trying to talk to me and, and I'm being polite and talking back because what if they are a nice guy? But then yeah. because we are in our thirties, very soon into the chat, they're like, do you want to have a drink this week? And I'm like, eh, and run away again. It's like, what? Yeah, it's, it's so hard it's to meet. It's so tough. I don't find that I disconnect with very many people, let alone on an app. Like there might be one or two here and there if you're lucky. I don't know. I also have this like feeling they're going to find us. I know that sounds, maybe that sounds silly or naive, but I don't think we should have to look. I just have this feeling that they're going to come. That's that mentality of like, you know, they're, they're going to, if it's meant to be or meant to be in the universe will throw you my way. It's like, <laughs> bitch, if you spend every night on that couch ordering Uber Eats, he's not going <laughs> to find you. Yeah. It's not going to be the guy at the door delivering your Maccas. That's not going to be love your life. I'm telling you that I right know. now. I know. And like, that's it. That's what happens. Like, I don't like going out much anymore. We've done, like, I've had my party girl phase. I'm over it. I'm sick of it. I know. And I've only, I literally only have, and I'm not being dramatic when I say this, I literally only have two single friends. And all my other friends are married, trying to get pregnant, already pregnant, number two on the way. And they're it's great. So they're great for like pub dinners or like pinks in the park, but if you actually do want to go out and, you know, screw the apps for a night and go and try and meet someone in real life, what the fuck? Where do you go at 33? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to a nightclub. Like, what am I going to do at a nightclub? Like, over the doof doof. Like, hey, like, are you by yourself? Yeah. Like, what? Like, it's just. Yeah. So my new theory, this is my new theory. I've decided that 
I'm now going to wait for the second round. So all those people that got married really young in their early <laughs> 20s who realize now they made a terrible mistake getting married so young, all the divorcees that are going to come through that first, you know, those people that got married really young. I'm going to wait for them. Also, yeah. uh, it works well for me because I really want kids um, and who knows if I'm going to be lucky enough to have that being on my card. So if they've got a few kids already, great. Insta family, perfect. Best <laughs> of all the worlds. Do you know what I mean? Like established because yeah. I'm so fucking sick. This is my problem as well. My problem is I date younger guys. I don't know why it keeps happening to me. I need to stop it. I'm trying to actively not repeat the same mistake. I had a guy last night that I actually matched with on Hinge back end of last year when I met my ex-boyfriend. We would have matched probably at the same time. And I obviously ended up going on to date my ex-boyfriend. But I don't know. He'd seen something on my Instagram yesterday and inspired him to ask me out. God knows what it was. I checked my story. Oh, there was no sex. I find it so cringe when guys no, say that. No, if I uploaded yeah. like a lingerie photo and suddenly they're in my DMs, yuck. Yeah, but even lingerie like- photos, Bill. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I could, but I don't. <laughs> but he asked me out, and I was like, "Sorry, just I've I've deleted you off Hinge. Like, how old are you again? Because I'm, I've got <laughs> like I'm I'm triggered. Like I'm not going anywhere near." He, my ex was 26 and I'm like, that seven-year gap is too much. But it's mm. too much because you, you want different things in your life right now. We're on different, yeah. life, part, different life stages. Yeah. And this guy's 24. And I was like, mate, I'm nearly a decade older than you. I know what you mean. As a general rule of thumb, yeah, they're not the same. But then there's some that would be ready to settle down, right? I thought the other. I went the other end. I dated a guy who was 41 last year and uh, – You'd think they'd have their shit together. They don't necessarily. It's so hard. Oh, my God. What? Great. So we're fucked either way. That is just great. Perfect. Yeah. Still to come on the show, we chat about doing the work, breakup shame, and the what's wrong with me thoughts that can creep in, Tully's three-date rule, dating fatigue, and we chat about being a vibrant personality who people are attracted to but then find too much. But first, a message from this week's sponsor, Sugar Baby Beauty. Sugar Baby may have been the first tan you ever use, like it was for me and a lot of people I know. It's had a refresh and all of their products are clean, kind and vegan with the best ingredients for your skin and the planet. It's never tested on animals and only uses natural ingredients for that iconic coconut sugar baby smell and feel. They have every self-tanning product you could want, mousse, creams, plus tan eraser, and now face self-tan water for those makeup-free days. I love using the Bronze Radiance Instant Glow Wash-Off Bronzing Cream. When I need a quick tan, it feels and smells so good, and it's safe for sensitive skin. Sugar Baby also has new face skincare treatments with pot masks and biodegradable sheet masks. I love my sheet masks, but I've also been using the It's All Bright 24 Karat Gold, careful not to bust into a Bruno Mars song, gel pot mask for hydration and glow. You'll find them in farmer's stores across New Zealand. Thank you so much, Sugar Baby, for making this episode of the Self Love Club possible. All right, well, we're going to unpack all of this, but take us to, like, I went through a breakup not long before you, and honestly, I just, I didn't sleep for two weeks. I could barely eat. I honestly felt like I, d- I wasn't going to feel better anymore ever again, and I've been through these before. I honestly feel like, and I want to know your thoughts, do you feel like as you get older, breakups in a way kind of get harder, or I don't maybe it's because there's more at stake or something, but I... Oh, they're horrible. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, it took me a long time. A few of my friends tried to like gently point this out to me at the time, but I wasn't in the headspace to be taking any kind of message away from anything. But I think for me, it was 
this imaginary life that I'd prepared for us in my head. You know, I'd waited so long for this guy and I'm 33 now. And I thought, okay, great. It's almost a sigh of relief when we started dating. I was like, okay, good. Okay. That's one thing ticked off the list. And then I was thinking about, I was already so, like we managed to squeeze that many little weekend aways, even in our short time together, because I was, that's all I've been wanting to do with someone for so long. You know, I don't want to go out clubbing. I don't want to go out to a bar till 4am and get pissed. All I want to do is go on little cute weekend away trips, you know, staycations, all that kind of stuff, cooking and then having movies on the couch. That's all I want to do. Um, and I think that I had imagined this life with him. I saw it so clearly, like I, I was in love with the guy. He very much clearly wasn't. I don't know how he was the one that asked me to be his girlfriend. He was the one leading the charge. So I don't know how, I don't know when the power shift happened, but it definitely happened. But guys often do that. And I don't want to gender type it, but it's often from stories you hear. A lot of guys do that and they have their man spin, they freak out. It's I've looked into all the psychology stuff because I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. But they do that and it's so crushing for a girl because it's like, or a guy or whoever it happens to, because it's like, you chased me and then you're like, mind like I get it things change or whatever but it's just that's one of the hardest things to try work out it's very confusing I think also when you get to our age it's you just feel like you're starting all over again from scratch and that's fucking exhausting you know whether you've been single for eight years like me or single for a couple of months it gets harder and harder to forge serious um, relationships with other adults. It's tough out there. As we just said before, you know, everyone has an app in their phone. Everyone has many, many options. So when you feel a connection, when you feel that chemistry, because chemistry is so rare, that's one thing I've, I've learned over all these years of being single is that love can grow, you know, absolutely. You meet someone and you might not be in love with them. It's not, I don't think I necessarily believe it love at first sight, but you either have chemistry or you don't. And you know that very early on. I don't think chemistry just suddenly appears out of nowhere. I still see my exes out. I mean, you can, the chemistry is palpable, sometimes awkwardly so, because like new partners will be around and, you know, everyone in the room can see how well you guys are getting on. It's not always romantic chemistry. I've got friends that I've got amazing chemistry with. They're my best friends. For me, it was this whole, like, I thought this is my chance. This is my turn and, and it's not. And now I have to go back to the drawing board. And it's just mm. so just, you know, soul destroying. You know, I had all these, I was thinking about Christmas and I was making all these plans for the future and we had Easter coming up. And I thought I even nearly... Oh, just just so many lame. Like I, I was ordering all these little. No, you're such a gifts. beautiful romantic though. I love that about you. Yeah, but it's just yeah. it's just it's just destroying. You're like, okay, back to the drawing board, back to square one, back to the small talk. Yeah, it's just starting from scratch. I think, and as you get older, yeah, as you said, you've got more and more at stake. You feel like you're running out of time. You've been, you know, out and about longer. You've got more baggage as well. I you know my girlfriends and I often talk about getting to this age, and suddenly everyone's got baggage. And it's just about finding someone who you like enough to take on the extra kgs, you know, someone you Mm. like enough to pay the excess baggage fee. I also felt like for a long time, because I had been single for so long, I thought that I, and some of my friends were telling me this, that I was wanting, I was expecting too much, that my standards were too high, that it isn't always fireworks. And I was like, no, but I've had that and I want that again. I know what love is like. I know what falling in love feels like and I don't want to settle for less. But I was starting to think maybe I am asking for too much. Maybe it, it is too much to... You know, I find on, especially on dating apps, which is where I mainly meet my friends. I just hang out in the same scene week in, week out. And if I don't, I love dating apps because it gives me access to men that I wouldn't usually come across in my life. But I feel like I either find someone on a dating app that I find, you know, physically attractive 
but they have little to no chat and are really, you know, boring as fuck and can't spell to say themselves. <laughs> or I find a brilliant guy who is so smart and so funny, but I don't look at him and think, fuck, I want to really jump your bones. Mm. I find it's really hard to find someone that ticks both boxes. And so to meet someone like my ex-boyfriend who is insanely beautiful, you know, he was six six, half Sri Lankan, you know, big puppy dog eyes, olive skin all year round, like muscly. He was just stunning. But he also made me laugh and he was funny and he was warm and he was calming. You know, he was a Capricorn and an introvert. So he was very much the yin to my yang. He was very balancing for me. And I felt really lucky. You know, I woke up every morning and looked to him and thought I was the luckiest girl on the planet. So then to find that and realize yeah. that someone's out there that, you know, you do feel that way about, it was great because it's given me hope that there is, there are other people out there that I feel the same way about. But it's also yeah. meant that I'm now, I'm even more, if possible, not willing to settle. So when that guy, that very sweet guy that last night tried to ask me out and I said, look, I'm sure you're lovely, but I'm just not doing that. I'm not going on a date with a 24-year-old. I'm not going on a date with a guy that makes me feel uncomfortable before I even meet you. I'm not going on a date with someone who's trying to come over to my house for a first date. I'm just not doing that anymore. I'm not. Yeah, I'm so with you. I've I had a guy try to do it recently. I'm like, no, you can take me on a date. Like, yeah, like, like you're not coming in my rude. personal space for a first yeah. date. Like you can fuck absolutely off. not. It's so hard. And what you were saying as well about um, you know, these false starts and then it like, you think, oh God, this is my moment. And then I was so excited for you as well. And, and it's, and it's so hard, but I think a lot of people like your friends and stuff, a lot of people settle. So they don't understand. Maybe we just refuse to settle, you know? It's, it's definitely, that's definitely something I think about often. Cause yeah, I do have nights where I cry. Like I, I'm not, I refuse to cry. I um, came home from a shitty date the other night and I came home and my housemate was out with her boyfriend and I just felt really alone. I just felt super alone. I felt really sad to be home so early going to bed once again, you know, I've lost count the number of nights I've gone to bed alone and I got really upset. It's a point where you're like, how many more times can I do this? Like, I feel like my poor heart is so tired. She's so tired. You know, I put so much of myself out there. I'm not someone that's sitting here alone, you know, on my couch being like, I'm not, never going to meet anyone. It's like, well, girl, go out and meet people. Like I'm at a bar. If I see a guy that I think is cute, I will go up to him and say something to him. I'm on four different apps. You know, I'm not shy about talking about being single on my social media platforms. And I, it's still not my time. And it's just kind of gets to a point where you're like, I, how, I don't know how much longer I can do this for. Yeah. I'm exhausted. I, I completely understand. I think a lot of people will relate with that, but unfortunately it's, there's this like shame on it. And I just wanted to know with you as well, like, thank you for sharing that, but do you feel, cause this is how I often feel. And that's back to that thing of when it happens again and again and again, you're like, Oh, is there something wrong with me? Do you get that breakup shame? Cause I got that after my last breakup and I felt like because we had mutual friends and I was like, oh God, I feel so embarrassed. Like I've done something wrong. And then my good friend was like, absolutely not. Like this is not on you, hun. Like this is not your yeah, thing. Yeah, I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed mainly because like, bless them. I, I know they, they, you know, it just comes from a place of love, but because I had been single for so long and because all my friends are in relationships and I've gone to that many weddings, baby showers, gender reveals, everyone wants to see me happy. And everyone was so excited for me. A few of them had gotten to meet him. I'd only had him over. We had a, a barbecue here at my place on the 29th of December and he met my friends. He met my brother's girlfriend. He met some family members. 
he was, you know, the perfect boyfriend. Everyone thought he was super hot and seemed really lovely and was really attentive. And he heated the barbecue. I made the drinks. Mm. So to have that happen on the 29th and then come the 31st, have to tell everyone that I was dumped. It was mortifying. Mm. It was mortifying. I was so embarrassed. I'm so glad that other stupid podcast that I will not give airtime to, someone saw us out and basically outed his identity to this crappy podcast and he he's a really private person and people yeah. found him on Instagram and posted his personal account. It was awful. So I created a private account for the first time ever. I've never had a private account and I had all of our photos and stuff on there. But suddenly that was just a shrine to my ex It was just suddenly that felt so stupid. I was like, oh, my God, all these photos being like, I'm so blessed to have you. I'm like, oh, like, do I delete them? Like I had friends that had been like, oh, my God, we're so excited. We're going to add him. You know, you can bring him to the wedding. And I'm like, scrap that. Don't worry about bringing him to the wedding. Like my dad was really excited to meet him. I was like, dad, sorry, I didn't. Didn't manage to hold that one down. Like, it's super embarrassing. That's the thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I've wanted to for quite a while. I just had to get myself to a point where I, it's just, it's a hard one because I think you get through it, but I felt so embarrassed. I was like, there's clearly something wrong with me because, like, it's not like it's happened. I mean, it's happened a few times. It's also not because it's always us that's the, you know, issue. It's for like, sure. I think you feel, I think you feel the shame with a breakdown of a relationship. It doesn't matter who ended it. It's just another failed relationship, isn't it? It's just something that, you know, I even, this is why I was upset um, the other night. I was out and my two friends were at a bar and one of my girlfriends said to the other girlfriend, I was standing with them. She said, oh, we need to find Tully a nice boy. Like she's got so much love to give. She's got such a big heart. We need to find her a nice boy. Keep in mind, we have been drinking all day. But my other friend goes, oh, no, don't fucking bother. And my other friend goes, what? Sorry? And she goes, no, don't fucking bother. She'll just fucking ruin it anyway. And I was like, oh, um, I literally just handed her my full glass of champagne. I was like, I'm out of here. She meant it in jest, apparently. She was like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're just really like dramatic. No, but also it's just, you know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm working, I'm doing so much work on myself to be okay with who I am, warts and all. Like, you know, nobody's perfect. And, mm. you know, whilst, yeah, okay, I'm loud and opinionated and, you know, I can be over-emotional, I can be oversensitive, I can be intense. But that, that also makes me, you know, a really kind, supportive thoughtful partner you know those qualities all have um silver linings to them and I'm trying so hard to to love all sides of myself and I think that the minute I figure that out the minute I figure out how to love myself you know I'm sure I'll meet someone that also loves me but I think it definitely plays a part in my failed relationships you know I am why am I so quick to to give this these people everything why am I so quick to go all in why am I so quick to I don't guard my heart very well I don't think mm-hmm. that could be a really good quality to have as well and with the right person they'll be lucky to have that I heard someone actually speak and I'm gonna like talk about the Veronica's obsessed I know you know the girls as well but what <laughs> but I heard one of them talk about Jess because she's often not had the best like relation I it's funny I often go through breakups when she does and I'm like oh my god she understands pretending like she's my best friend which is definitely not but <laughs> Lisa said about Jess, she's like, you know, you are such a bright light and people are really, I feel like this about you. And I think a lot of us are like this, Uh, you know, a bright shining light and people are attracted. It's like, they're really attracted, like a moth to like this light or the flame. And they really want it. They're like, wow, I'm so attracted to this person. And then when they get there, they're like, this is amazing. But then they just can't, they can't keep up or they're just not right. Like they can't handle it. And I feel like that's what happened with my ex, my last boyfriend. I feel like my biggest fear and something that I always worry about is that I think people think that they see me as being a lot of fun, right? I'm always the fun one. I'm the fun one. I'm fun. I'm fun. I'm out there. I'm fun. And I think that 
yeah, it might be a bright light. They love the idea of me, but then when they realize that that's just who I am all the time, they don't know what to do with me. They don't They don't know what to do with that 24-7. And I'm not like all up and about all the time. Like, look at me right now. I'm pretty demure. I think that they see this sort of like fun, down to party, down to fuck, down to whatever. And they like that about <laughs> me. That's alluring. But then when they get to me and they date me or we see each other quite regularly and I'm suddenly like, I want a white picket fence. I want a wedding you know, <laughs> ring. I, I want I want seven kids. I want four <laughs> dogs. They're like, oh, what? Hang on. Uh, I thought you were a bit of fun. And it's like, why can't I be a bit of fun yeah. and a wifey? Like that's what pisses me off so much at the moment. Like I am fun. I'm not going to pretend that I'm not fun. I do like to go out. I like to drink. I like to You're party. You're very I like fun to, to be out with. Yeah. But also – that doesn't mean that I don't want to be wifey'd up. It doesn't mean that I don't love baking and cooking. It doesn't mean that I don't want to spend nights on the couch and I'm both. But I can't seem to find a guy that either I find a guy that wants me to be fun and then they go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I'm not down for a serious anything. Or I find a guy that wants a wifey and thinks that what I do for a job, how open I am on my podcast, mm. bikini shots, that doesn't make me worthy of being a wife. Yeah, They're literally oh, the two guys I end up dating. I went on a date with a guy the other day who is a second date. I, we were at dinner and we were having drinks and I jokingly, playfully, I thought was asking him his thoughts on my three date rule. So I have a three date rule when I go on dates with guys, which is that I don't sleep with them to the third date. That's not because I think that, you know, sex should be something that you wait for or anything like that. It's absolutely not the case. Trust me. I've fucked plenty of guys on the first day, <laughs> in, including my ex. It's to yeah. protect myself because yeah. I found, I found that generally in three dates, a guy starts showing that your true colors and generally they're not good. And this is what this guy did. So I, second day, and I said, what are your thoughts? You know, are you okay with it? How do you feel about it? He's like, no, 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 I actually really like it. I really respect it. And I was like, good, great. He should have just left it at that. But then he said, actually, if we'd actually ended up doing anything the other night after our day, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. I'm like, do you know what you just fucking said? It's like, are you slut-shaming me? I couldn't figure out whether he was saying we wouldn't be sitting here right now because I would have gotten what I wanted. And so we wouldn't be having a, th- a second date. Or he was saying, because if you'd fucked me on the first date, then you're not worthy of a second. Yeah, like that's really, I don't, nah, I don't like that because oh, I don't like mate, that at I all. haven't seen him again. Don't worry. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, fuck, it's like, how dare you? How dare yeah. you say that if I wanted something that you clearly wanted too, because it takes two to fuck, buddy. So if yeah. we fucked on the first date, you were a part of it as well. But you're saying to me that if I had given in or if I if I had instigated it, that somehow makes me less worthy of a second date, less worthy of this dinner. Oh, I'm just so fucking over it. Can't it's win. double standards on women as well. There's still these six standards that, you know, you want to be like fun and a babe and like, but don't be slutty. Like, oh, my God, no, you don't. You like sex? No. But then they want you. To, it's so rough. I think your your rule though is smart. I've uh, yeah, I've found for me personally, if I do too soon, then the anxiety or like I just feel like there's more at stake, or I don't know. I just it's for sure. And and you know, if it doesn't work out, and if, if it doesn't work out for whatever reason, my little anxious brain, my little anxious attachment brain thinks, what have I done? What's wrong with yeah. me again? Like even if I even if I decide that I'm not into it, I'm like, oh well, I shouldn't have. Oh, I start beating myself up. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't yeah. have slept with him. Then why do you sleep with him? Yeah, it's just easier. It's just so much easier. It's it's hard sometimes, especially if you've had a few drinks. It's just that extra layer of like protection barrier. Um, and generally, the last couple of guys I've dated, it's been a second date where I've been like, oh, actually, you're a fuckwit. And I'm actually so glad that I didn't sleep with you that last day because yeah. you're a real piece of work. Like, I sometimes still get mad that I, like, even the other day, I thought, oh, I wish I hadn't slept with him, like, with a boyfriend. Um, hello, I, I, dated Ke- I dated Kieran from Bachelor yep. in Paradise. Like, 
what was I fucking thinking? How much was I hating myself at that time to make that decision? Like, what is wrong with me? I know you're a reality <laughs> star, but no more reality stars. <laughs> the guy that said that to me at that dinner date was from a reality TV show. I'll tell you which one off air. Yeah. Tell me later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's hard though, isn't it? When you're like, it's your industry in a way, you know, like it's like people dating people who do similar things. We just gravitate is- towards each other because I feel like, A, you're, if you're the kind of person that you've been on a show, you probably get along with guys, the other people that have been on the, the show, a show. Yeah. And B, you, you know, you've got a shared experience, whether it's a different show, you still sort of still went through the same process, the same sort of firing line with the trolls and the media backlash, the Daily Mail and everything else. So you definitely have a lot in common with other reality TV people, I find anyway. I guess what I wanted to chat to you about as well is like, you know, how, I mean, we got to keep going, right? We've got to keep going, but how do we keep going because most of the time I'm sweet, I don't give a shit. And then now and then you're just like, ah, oh, when's this fuckery going to end? You know, like, how do you keep yeah. yourself going? I'm kind of probably in that stage at the moment where I'm just over it. And I'm like, nah, I don't even want to open hinge because it's just so fucking depressing. And I don't even want to give a, a nice guy a chance because it's probably going to end badly. And I don't know how many more of those I can take. Mm. I think that it's good when you're feeling like that to take the time for yourself. You don't have, I think it's exhausting to be you know, investing time, brain power and your heart into dating all the time. I think that it's healthy to take a break. It's healthy to take a step away, focus on yourself, get back in the gym, gratitude journal, write, do things like I find that organizing and booking dates that aren't dates, dates with my friends still makes me feel, you know, I still get to go out, be social, have a few drinks because that's the thing as well. Like because I'm single and all my friends in relationships, if I don't have these occasional dates, you know, once a week, once every two weeks, whatever, it's like sometimes I just, what do I do then? I don't really go out. So I think that by booking in fun things like a pottery class or like cork and canvas or mini pot pot or even just the movies on a tight ass Tuesday night, by booking those activities in with your mates, you're sort of, you know, hitting your your social quota, you're getting out and about, you're being social, but you're not 100% constantly fixated and focused on dating. I think that's really mm. exhausting. It's super, super oh. draining. You get dating fatigue, right? So you've got to give yourself yeah. a break. But I like to try and remember that. I think you have to get to a point where you're, you're in a good spot. But honestly, yeah, it ended poorly. Yeah, I was heartbroken. But as I said before, you know, just the fact that I met him, and I felt that way again, you know, I felt, I fell in love with him and I felt those feelings and I was excited knowing that that happened for me and that it will happen for me again. And it will happen for both of us again, knowing that that is what's end at the end of the rainbow. Mm. It's, it's enough to keep going. You just need to yeah. have breaks. I think that you need to just give yourself some time out sometime because it, it oh, is exhausting. Totally. I've only, I've only started again after six months. I needed a like pretty good break. I couldn't like, I'd would see a photo of my ex and just cry like because yeah I'm still not I'm still it's definitely it's triggering hey I, had I to like I skim through my photos and I see photo of his face and I'm like I just feel instantly nauseous I'm like yeah. oh. I don't cry anymore which is good but for a while I would just burst into tears and and another thing mm-hmm. I find is that your friends will be like I find that really annoying as well. As much as we love our friends, when you're the single one, they'll be like, oh, so any new guys in the scene? Like you're just expected to pump them out, like nothing. And it's like, mm. do you understand how hard this is? Like you don't get it. I definitely felt that when I did FebFast. It was one of those really big epiphany light bulb moments I had when I wasn't drinking. Because I'm, as I said before, I am fun. I'm a fun person to go out with. But I do also feel like I'm kind of the court jester sometimes and I'm expected to perform, you know, like the, the monkey with the symbols, like, I go to these events. Like we had a baby gender reveal on the weekend with a bunch of my close friends who are all married, couple up, pregnant. And mm-hmm. my, um, you know, everyone's there like, so, so smart, you know, any good dates? Like, who, who, who fucking, like, who you going? I'm like, 
oh, well, I heard this, you know, and I feel like I have to perform these stories. You know, I'm constantly performing, you know, soliloquies for everybody, you know, to, to entertain the people. Yeah, for sure. And I even had a sort of a scary moment when I was with my ex-boyfriend and I was like, what the fuck, who am I if I'm not this person? That's another scary moment that I had when I was dating him. It was like, I've been single for so long. I've been single gal, Tully, party gal, Tully, whatever, for so long. That's like, what do I talk about now if I'm in a relationship? You know, my yeah. identity is so is so closely intertwined with being single. It's like, who am I if I'm not single? Yeah. It's hard. You, it's You almost don't want to leave that sometimes, even though, because it's your uh, normal. Yeah. I know. What you yeah. Mean. But he was the first guy. He was, uh, yeah. He was the first guy where I didn't think twice about deleting the apps. Like I just didn't, when I, a few guys I've dated in the past, the thought of deleting my apps and saying goodbye to all my little fake boyfriends was like, no, <laughs> but this guy was like, She's sayonara. Leaving She's leaving yeah. us. And that's yeah. the other thing, talking about shame and embarrassment, popping back on hinge after a breakup and having the same guys still there being like, Hey, yeah. and you're like, Oh, I know it's so hey, awkward, it's like, isn't oh, it? you're still here too? Hey. And they're like, oh, where have you been? You're like, well, I did have a relationship for four seconds, but here I am. Didn't work out, obviously. I don't know if you felt this way as well, but I think I figured out that I tend to not run away from my problems. Nothing, you know, helps heal a broken heart, like 10 days in Bali, for instance. And, of course, yeah. we both went through a breakup where we couldn't get away from anything. Uh, we were trapped here in our beautiful countries. I mean, now we're able to go to each other's countries. Yeah. But I just was so – I felt so claustrophobic. I just wanted to get away. I wanted some sun. I wanted a holiday by, you know, by some ocean with a book, and I was I was trapped here. So that also yeah. fucking sucked balls. I know because in the past, my thing – I know you do it a lot as well, and I, it sounds incredibly privileged to do it. I often find a trip is something for me to look forward to. So after a breakup, mm-hmm. like a few breakups, I've always booked a holiday overseas and like even if it's just coming to Australia like it's just to get out and it really helps me like to get over whether it's a breakup or anything that's happening in your life like even just changing your routine you know like getting yourself out of that bed like I literally sat in the corner of my couch we've got like a massive l-shaped couch and I sat in that corner with the same blanket in the same chuck suit for like two weeks like my husband would come out and be like hi and I'm like just like a little gobble in the corner to be able to have left that you know Get gotten out of my space, out of my comfort zone, out of the, you know, the area would have been great. But you know what? We got through it. Look at us. We're doing okay. We're yeah. both back on the apps, back out there in the real world. And I really like that idea that like our, perp- our people are also feeling frustrated. They're also over it and they're all yeah. trying to find us. We just yeah. haven't found each other yet. Yeah, you're so right. But then I realized I broke, I've got these like, it sounds silly, but I've got these rules like, oh, like, oh, I won't date. I've already dated guys called you and it was nightmare. So I'm not dating a guy called that again. But you know how you met Really common so Kiwi name? Yeah, I don't want to say, but um, I, the thing with with Hinge is you can often, you'll match with them and you forget their name, right? And then they, they start texting or messaging you elsewhere. And then you're like, oh crap, broken my rule. Anyway, this guy I've been chatting with, he was really full on, like, great, like awesome. But also like, I don't know. I, for me, being too full on the beginning can be a bit of a red flag. Like, what's he up? Is he just down for a hookup? Like, what's going on here? And now mm-hmm. he, hasn't, he hasn't messaged me in like, it's only been a day, but still, from someone who was messaging me like literally all day, every day for a wee while, just disappeared on me. Okay, but we said this off air. What do you want from him, right? Because you just told me that he was too full on and now you're complaining that he has left you alone. So, what exactly do you want from this guy? consistency like is that too hard to no, ask no fair yes consistency is so That's underrated I, it is so underrated we've already chatted about like what's important to us and like for, and he, he told me and I said he was like what about for you and I was like uh well I said secure because I'm like secure attachment types only like I don't want to date any more avoidance 
But How I, many times I, have you made your dates do that quiz online? I, I said to them, feel free to do the attachment type test. Haha, <laughs> like, but like actually. Because I make my dates, this is how like, this is how much I'm not ready to fuck around anymore. I make my dates now oh, do love the this. love language quiz on the date. Really? Yeah, I'm like, like, do it right now. Yeah, see, I need, I've heard you talk about this and I hadn't asked him for a star sign yet, but I wanted to do that next and then he's bloody disappeared on me. And what a good one is actually that I use sometimes. It's cute. It can be cute. It can be intense. It really depends on them them because you don't want to look. No, I literally, I just, I just send, go into your gifts. I just send a tumbleweed gift. It's fucking hilarious. They laugh at it. See, that's funny, right? Okay, maybe, should I do it right now? Yes, do it right now. But also I've had some beautiful dum-dums, some beautiful people that are dumb that have replied what's that I'm like off you know what you've just given me enough information this is never gonna work I also send two cricket emojis sometimes which is funny too but the tumbleweed's way better if he comes back being full-on again you can't be like oh he's being full-on now I'm off him like you've got to you need to decide what you want from this boy yeah no that's so true what are some so what are your things you do you you know this star sign so you can work out like what they're Okay. So that, yeah, I'm definitely more and more into that. I'm learning more and more about it and it's just forever proving to be right. The thing is though, that guys now roll their eyes at that. A lot of guys think that star signs and astrology is absolute bullshit. I don't live my life by it. I find it interesting and I find it interesting to notice patterns and Mm. I find patterns interesting. I'm not going to be like, oh, this is incompatible. Let's never talk again. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to say that. It is really interesting when you ask for their birth time um, and then you add it to CoStar. You can add it manually. Yeah, I pay $3. I pay $3 every time to do it. It cost me a fortune. And yeah, it just shows <laughs> you what's com- what you're compatible with. Um, yeah. Another thing I like to talk about love languages. So with me and my ex-girlfriend, Talia, we didn't ever talk about anything like we weren't, I wasn't nearly as woke as I am now. I was young and dumb and, but love languages, you know, the way that we show and receive love. And I think that you can really learn a lot about someone from their love languages. And that's a really quick online test that they can do in front of you very quickly. Trust me. Once you know someone else's love language and they know yours, you can kind of start to understand them better. For instance, mine's mine, my love language, number one love language is acts of service. You not being late to something or, you know, you making a massive effort. Like, you know, if, I, if we go on a date and you book the venue and you often pick me up, like that means so much to me. You know, if I mentioned in passing that, you know, I've had a really bad day or my shower head is really annoying me because it keeps, you know, coming loose and you just without saying fix that, that means the world to me. Some people might be words of affirmation. So they need to hear it. They need to hear you say how you feel about them all the time. Yours might be gifts. So you need little presents, little reminders, physical reminders of of their love. But I think that that is really telling um, when you learn someone's love language. And then obviously their attachment type, I think that helps as well. Do you do this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> we just keep getting the bloody avoidance. A yeah. lot of people are avoidance because they can't handle their emotions. So when things get really big or heavy, that's what annoys me about avoidance. And I, I get it, but like they'll go so full on and then they'll just go, nah. And then it's just mm. like from chasing Close you. my mind? Like, for my last one, I basically called it because I was like, this isn't really like, there was a few things going on. It was his issues and everything. And it was just a bit draining. It was a pattern that kept, and I was just like, now nah, I'm over this. As much as I wanted it to work out, 
And so I actually tried a tip that I know you like Zoe Foster Blake's um, like breakup boss and everything like that. There's a tip in her book. I honestly, I've got the, the book love, which you have as well. And I've got the audio book. I listen to that on repeat when I'm going through a breakup. It really helps me. Like, but she talks about this technique called frosting, which is where basically you're not ghosting the person. You're just telling them that, hey, like things aren't really going how I thought they were going to go here. So, you know, might, might, you know, basically just to, to frost off and have a little bit of space. And, and that way you get your answer. They either come running for you like, oh my goodness, please. Like, you know, I want to marry you tomorrow or you get your answer and it's over. So I tried that. And then he came running and like, you know, no, and like calling. Da, 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 da. And then literally within like a day or two, it was like, you know what I mean? Like from that to that, you're like, what the hell, man? The jarring, like, the jarring. The, the, that's what shook me so much about this breakup. Because, you know, as I said to my friends before, I've been through breakups. I've been through pretty horrific breakups. I've been through public breakups. But I think generally in a healthy relationship, you feel them coming. You're not getting along. You feel that ad- the dynamic change. You feel it coming. You also have multiple discussions about the breakup. You don't just break up one day, you know. You voice your concerns. They voice theirs. You try and workshop it. Then you come back to each other. How are you feeling? Still still not happy. Okay, let's talk about it again. I think the blind side that I had as well was the worst part about it. I was just so flawed. I was just so taken aback. I just It felt like he'd just gone and slapped me across the face. I just did not see it coming. And mm. that adds a whole new level of hurt and pain to a breakup, I think. It took me a while to process. Like It was so funny. Yeah. We had lunch with his family booked for a couple of days after because it was his birthday that week. A couple of days after we split, I was talking to him and I was like, so am I not, am I still not, am I not coming to lunch then? And he's like, no, Tully, like we've broken up. But I, I hadn't caught up in my head yet. I, I don't know. I was in shock. I think I was in shock. I, I think that it's, that's also something else that I've noticed now after this last breakup is that I'm, for the first time, despite, you know, my horrendous dating history and my love history, I've always been quite optimistic and quite romantic and quite, you know, my person's out there and everyone finds their person and everyone deserves love and we're all going to find it. But this last breakup, I've noticed I'm like, I'm scared. I'm scared to put myself out there again. I'm scared to keep giving myself. I give so much of myself when I'm in a relationship. And I know that we're quite similar in that regard. You know, I, I would do anything for them. I call over cut glass. I open myself up. I'm vulnerable, you know, and I give so much of myself. And then I think that now I'm kind of, I'm scared to do that again. I just don't know if I could come back from another one. I could just, you don't want to be scared. You don't want to be scared to go to fall in love because you've got to risk it to get the biscuit, right? Like, yeah, love can, love hurts and it's painful. And it's, you know, you just feel like, you, you know, when we opened up this chat, you said you just thought you were never going to get over it and you never, and I know that feeling, that feeling of like, nah, I can't, this is it. I can't do this again. Yeah. It makes you feel like not only that, but you just feel like your life, it sounds so dramatic, but I, it's not like it's, it's actually how it feels. It feels like you're never going to feel better. Your whole life is just turned to shit. And you wake up in the in the morning after you've maybe slept a little bit and then you remember and it's that feeling and it's just I hate that that's the worst part of a breakup when you wake up and you have that split second of of subconsciousness when you're not quite awake yet (laughs) and you kind of have a bit of a pounding headache because you've been crying all night or you're a bit hungover because you self-medicated with a bottle of vino and you have this sort of split second where you're like open your eyes and sort of you grab your phone and then it hits you and you're just like I honestly feel sick now, even just describing that and putting myself yeah. back there in my shoes. I feel like I could vomit. Like that feeling is just horrendous. Yeah. I wouldn't wish, wish that upon anybody, but 
we can't let our heart break stop us from finding love again. We just can't. It's not an option because we do deserve love. We deserve to meet someone great. We deserve to meet someone that's on our level that, you know, wants us to succeed, that isn't intimidated by our success, that likes the fact that we're open and we're driven and we are lovers and we have big hearts. There is someone out there for us. And I think that, again, trying to put a positive spin on it, the more of these duds that we date, the more of these guys that we date that aren't our person, I hope that we're just getting closer to the person. You know what I mean? Like it's another one out of the way, you know, they're just decoys. They're just decoys. And it's the way I sort of look at it now. I feel like through therapy and just getting older, I do observe things a bit more when I'm dating. Like I watch their behavior, not because I'm analyzing them or anything. I just observe it rather than jumping in so much. It's Um, learning. You're learning from your mistake. You know, you're growing, you're learning. I'm like, is that a red flag? And then like listening to your gut a little bit, which is still hard because you're like, you want to trust your gut, but then sometimes you're like, oh, am I just nervous? It's a really hard one. But another way I like to look at it, and I've had someone say this to me on this podcast who was like a therapist. She said, think of it as like the the universe or whatever you want to believe in being like, nah, we're saving your ass. Like not this one. And I honestly feel like not even with relationships, there's been situations we've all been in where it's been like, Yoink, we're going to get Tally out of here. No, Belle is not in this situation. Like maybe they're just like cock blocking us. Like not the dudes. They're like, whatever. They're like, nah, not this one. Nah. Like we're a sim. We're in the sims. And our, and our like player has just decided to like move us out of the house. Or, like break us up with our boyfriends. That's kind of a comforting way, especially if you're not, I'm not super, I'm not religious at all, actually. Um, it's probably why I like star signs and astrology because it gives me something to kind of, <laughs> but I think that's a nice way of thinking about it. You know, it wasn't meant for me. I keep seeing my kinesiologist who's convinced I'm on path. And and again, I don't know if you're at this stage yet or if you've spent time thinking about it, but if I'm truly honest with myself, if I think back now to my ex, my most recent ex, there were things that weren't going to work out. Like I think when you're in love and you're wanting things to work and you sort of glaze over things or you pop your rose-colored glasses on and you kind of don't see things for as they are. One of the best bits of advice my girlfriend Maggie gave me years and years ago that I always try and remind myself of, especially when it comes to dating, is when somebody shows you their true colors, believe them. And I think that often I try to paint them in different colors and I'm like, no, oh, but, and it's like, no, he told you that my ex-boyfriend literally told me that he, you know, he was super scarred from his relationship. He'd moved countries to get away from her because they were that toxic and they were on again, off again. And mm. she, and, I, and I still, I, you know, and I knew I said on our, one of our first, second, first dates, I was like, are you ready for a new relationship? And I think that if you don't learn from these heartbreaks, then what's the point of them? Really? Like if we don't take anything away, if we don't get better at dating and that's why, you know, I am glad that that guy last night, you know, he was being quite persistent and he's cute and he has good chat, but I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to go on a date with a 24 year old. I want marriage. I want kids. I know what I want. And you aren't going to be anywhere near that. And I'm not going to fucking waste another month Mm. fluffing around with you. Yeah. Thank you, kind sir. But on your way. What does your therapist think about things? I know she's quite spiritual. and So I actually, no, I didn't ditch my therapist. I still have a therapist. She's great. But I just find that my kinesiologist, I just feel better after seeing her. I don't know why. She's like, she's my kinesiologist, but she's also a bit psychic. And she's been my friend and, you know, my confidant for so long now. She's so across everything. She listens to all the podcasts. So she's very up to date with what's happening. Look, she was devastated for me like everybody else was. But she also thinks that, you know, it, it led to me going sober for a month, which was a much bigger thing than I've let on publicly in terms of, you know, where I was at with my drinking. It it was something that was just getting out of control. That's had huge ramifications. You know, that's been life-changing for me. It's definitely changed the way I I consume alcohol, the way I feel about alcohol, my relationship with alcohol. 
And I think that in a weird way, that will therefore make me a better partner. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. People come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. He was either here for a season or a reason, but he was not here for a lifetime. And I think that's for the best. I really do in hindsight. I think it's for the best. If someone is going to tell me that I'm too much, then they're obviously not the guy for me because I think the right person won't be able to get enough. So... Yeah, I love that. That's so true. And, and and exactly right. You want someone who adores you just as much as you adore them, you know, and you'll, yeah, you'll never be too much for the right person. Maybe it's because we are big, beautiful personalities and people with huge hearts that there's only very few people that could actually handle that. Yeah, we're special. We're fucking unicorns. And like, not everyone can handle a unicorn. And like, that's not our fault. That's not on yeah, us. Ask that's on like, oh. Fuck me. You should be so lucky, mate. Like, You've just made the biggest mistake of your life, kind sir, but sure. Yeah, I've actually said that a few times. I like I say to people, like, even when we're having the chat when we're breaking out, I'm like, you're not going to find Oh, he anyone. said, to, like, no, yeah, same. He was like, no one made me feel the way you make me feel. I was like, well, why are you doing this then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had a few guys be like, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to meet anyone as cool as you, but like, I'm not. And I'm like, yeah, well, you're really, you're really losing out now. <laughs> like, Tough lessons to learn. Tough lessons. We're all going to learn a lesson here today, I think. We're all going to learn a lesson. Oh, hey, well, like, I really hope, like, yeah, just keep doing your thing. Like, I mean, I don't know. We'll just have to keep being like, so how are we, how are we going to do this? Because it's not like we're out there desperately trying, like, we're just living our lives. And, you know, there's these moments are fleeting. And that's the, that's the risk of, I guess sometimes talking about these things, I'm learning to, it's okay to talk about stuff. As much as I like let others talk about, I'm having to learn that I can talk about these things. You know what I mean? Like I always put everyone before myself, which has actually been really bad for me. I feel like I buried myself a bit, um, worrying about everyone else's feelings so much, but it's okay to talk about these things. And it, just because you do, I think I've found as well, and it's an overthinking, anxious thing. When you talk about something, people then think oh well, you know that's the anxious girl that's the, the, the thing that you always think but no it's like very rarely that I worry about this kind of stuff nobody's ever thinking about you as much as you're thinking about yourself they're really not and oh, I I know what you mean and I you know I have many a days especially with my podcast like it's called too much Tally for fuck's sake like I'm often oversharing I'm often sharing my trauma and yeah definitely early on there were days where I'm like oh my god is, is this going to make me the you know the emotional crying anxious girl there's so much power in in vulnerability there's so much power in being vulnerable and I think the more we all normalize this stuff the more we talk about it the more we're open about it not only are we helping other people but you know, we're in turn um, working on our own shit and in therefore making us better people. And I think that all we can do right now, all you and I can do is continue to work on ourselves, which we're doing, continue to focus on our careers, which we're doing, do the work, see a psychologist, see an acupuncturist, a kinesiologist, whatever you want to see, exercise, look after your body, look after your brain. And, you know, eventually all we can do is be, work on being the best versions of ourselves so that when we do meet our guy, you know, we're in the best possible spot to start mm. something really wonderful. And I think that we're both, we're both doing that. And that's all you can, we can ask of ourselves, I think. Exactly right. You're so right. Thank you so much for your time today, Tully. I always, I just Thanks wish I could have you all the time, honestly. Had the best chats with you. I'm really pleased to see that you are looking after yourself. Not that you weren't before, but I just know from me, and I know that we're similar in in some ways, the drinking thing can make my anxiety just through the roof. And I like watch you as like a a protective pal over here. And I'm always like, not in a judgy way. I'm just like, oh God. And then I I watch your pattern and I know like, I'm like, oh, she'll be anxious now. And then, yep, the anxious, because I'm the same. (laughs) 
my mom knows it too. It's like however many hours after alcohol, we're it's not good. So yeah, oh I, yeah. I, I mean, it's very deeply personal, and like you know, there's no wrong or right way to do things. But I certainly have still I changed the way I drank because drinking and like that stuff used to cause me the worst. I like hate myself for weeks, months, you know, like and you didn't even do anything that bad, but you think you did. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that was definitely. I if anyone's listening and they're going through a breakup or they're just not feeling themselves or they're in a rut, um, I could not, and I never thought I'd say this. I could not recommend having a break enough. Like honestly, those four weeks. Yes, it was a short month. Everybody was like, oh, you chose the shortest month. That's the idea, guys. Four weeks off booze, uh, truly life-changing. And it, and it's completely changed the way I, I am with booze now. I, that was really bizarre of me to have a drink because I my housemate is like, I don't even have a drink on the, on the couch anymore. I don't have a wine on the couch. I don't drink at home. It just changed everything. So, yeah, if, if you're listening and you're considering it, this is your sign to give it a go because, yeah, it was it's definitely helped to help with the breakup, help my mental state come back in the gym. My rig is on fire now. Like as we yeah, said, girl. You know, work on yourself to be the best version of yourself and then you'll be ready to meet your unicorn. Yeah. And they'll be but, lucky to have you. And ditto, babe. And please do let me know if you end up coming over across the ditch. I'll be over soon for sure. On that, we'll have a few cheeky cocktails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we'll be good. We're like, you know, we're not going to write ourselves up and end up at 161 or what I know. Or, I, I, <laughs> I, have, I, I know you do. I've, I've had some fun nights there too. I can't go to Revolver. PTSD can't go. No, I hate Revolver. Rev's is scary. Rev's so scary. Thanks to Sugar Baby Beauty for making this episode of the Self Love Club possible. Clean, kind, and vegan, using the best ingredients for your skin and the planet, and available at farmers stores in New Zealand. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Self Love Club podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We're an independent podcast and you can support us by subscribing on your go-to podcast app. Click follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star glowing review. Show us where you're listening. Maybe you're out for a pretty walk. Uh, Or screenshot and post on your Instagram story and tag us in it at Self Love Club podcast so we can see and share. Share with your friends, sisters, workmates, everyone down into our backlog and enjoy listening. You can find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast. I'm Abelle Crawford and we'll catch you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.